0: Welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. This is going to be a more informal podcast, no fancy work or script or anything, which hopefully means less editing for me, although due to the fact that I don't have a thing to say in front of me written down really, that might mean more editing because I can tend to ramble. Regardless, thank you for joining me. I hope you find it uh, interesting and uh, a good listen. I'm going to talk today about my experience travelling in the time of COVID, the quarantine, lockdown, call it what you will, we've all been affected by it. Firstly, hey, thank you for listening, welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time, really appreciate it. Hope you're all doing well. Today, it's a good day for me, it's beautifully sunny here in Harlem, plan to get out to the beach later with some friends, so that should be fun, distanced of course, as it needs to be these days. And yeah, I hope you're doing well too, whatever is happening in your life at the moment. I hope the uh, COVID regulations are not hitting you too hard and that you're happy and healthy. I also hope my sound is better today. I've uh, realised what an epiphany. I realise that if I go into my bedroom, which is away from the street side of my apartment, there will be less background noise, less uh, traffic driving by, and I'm not recording beside the window beside the road can't believe it took me over 10 episodes to uh, realise that, but hey, it's all progress. So I'm hoping the audio quality in this one is a little bit better. Let's hear some background noise. There's a bird chirping in the distance that I can hear, but hopefully you can't. Anyway, this is me airing my own uh, behind the scenes issues of which there are many. I don't know if you've uh, tried your hand at podcasting or video editing or anything of that kind of creative side. There's a good comparison with the the duck on water. When you see a duck in the water it's just gliding along nice and calm but then underneath the little legs are kicking like crazy to keep it going. So when I listen to a podcast, obviously most of them are very professionally edited and very clean, sleek and well done. Little do I know how much work goes on behind the scenes to make it that way and now I'm starting to realise for myself. Yeah, I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday, and uh, she mentioned that she listens to the podcast. Janice, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But she also said this could be my version of a diary of these times, because we do live in one of the most unique periods, I think, in any of our histories, no matter how young or old you might be. And I haven't really been writing much about it. That was an initial thought of mine, to keep a diary of these times. And I hadn't written very much at all. But She realised, or she said to me, that that's what your podcast is, will be, in 10 years' time. And yeah, I like that thought. So um, today I'm going to chat about the COVID situation that I've experienced, and more specifically my travel during that COVID uh, lockdown time. So I'm in the Netherlands now, in Harlem, my hometown. But for the last two months, I had been in Ireland, in rural Ireland, in Clonmelan, with my parents. Uh, I had been furloughed from my job, basically. I don't think they ever used the word furlough but that was it. I am still getting paid fortunately and I had no work because I worked for an airline and we were grounded for two months. So after a few weeks of being on my own in the apartment here in Harlem which I really enjoyed actually. I had a lot of friends and family or some people contacting me concerned. Oh Stephen I know you're living on your own. I know it must be hard for you and like everybody I think I had good days and bad days but In general, I was pleasantly surprised with how well I was dealing with lockdown in solitude, living on my own. I kept busy, I kept fit and healthy, and there was a lot to pass the time. But after a few weeks, it did start to get a little tedious. My parents called me, we were, you know, we we chat fairly frequently, and over one phone call, my mum said, why don't you come home for the duration of lockdown and quarantine? And at the same time, the thought had been kind of crossing my mind as well. To be honest, I did assume it would be harder to get home. I thought there would be repatriation flights only. And if you need to get to Ireland for important reasons, you can travel. But I didn't realise that Aer Lingus and probably other airlines were operating daily or almost daily flights to and from Dublin and Amsterdam. So, yeah, the moment I discovered that, I booked a flight. I think I paid a bit over the odds, but I wanted to get home as quickly as possible. I booked a flight for about two or three days later. And then I was curious about the journey itself, like what would it be like, what are the rules, can I travel, do I need face masks, are the planes full, do I get a test, temperature check, any of that. So allow me to enlighten you, I'm scrolling through my photos, uh, Google photos here from Friday the 24th of April, which is the day I flew home. I didn't have a clue about the face mask situation, but I had one disposable one left over that my airline had given me, when we were flying during work. So I put that one on, it felt a bit flimsy. It was one of those little paper ones and I had to tie the things around my ears. So out over that I put a buff. Runners would know what a buff is. You might have seen runners wearing that kind of wrap around neck scarf thing. That I, I put that over the face mask. I'm covering my own mouth now, not great for audio. So I had the paper mask and then the running scarf covering that. And I figured that would be at least responsible now. As it turned out, I was one of the few wearing masks. It definitely wasn't mandatory yet, but I wasn't taking any chances. Amsterdam Airport, Schiphol Airport, was nearly a ghost town. It was very strange, very bizarre to see. There was uh, nobody in Plaza, which is also a functioning train station, one of the busier train stations in the Netherlands. And it's basically a shopping centre. Right? There are loads of restaurants and shops. And so typically it's buzzing with activity, people flying and just passing through but not at the moment. I remember I did see a a medical team. There were these three or four people in hazmat suits and those full body suits with face masks and everything. And they had this little cart with them, but they were just standing beside an empty gate um, and had no interest in us. I thought, oh, these will be testing us before we board the plane. And no, they weren't. Maybe they were for a Specific flight or for a flight to a country which required it something like that. I'm not sure But yeah in the end uh, there was no social distancing really A lot of the people flying seemed to be business people who were kind of carrying on regardless mostly middle-aged men, which is uh, Perhaps unsurprising But I don't want to cast aspersions Thankfully the flight wasn't completely full. I did manage to get a row to myself when we were taxiing out to the runway, I, ma- I noticed a lot of the taxiways, a lot of the other paved parts of the airport, had just rows of planes lined up. You know those photos of airplane graveyards you see? It was like that, they were just abandoned. But there were rows and rows of just abandoned aircraft sitting waiting to be flown again. The, the aviation guy in me, the, the flight attendant in me, felt a little bit heartbroken by that. Like they were just left abandoned as if in a kind of Toy Story way, that the planes were thinking, feeling, and they were feeling left abandoned by their owners. But that thought did come into my mind. So we took off. Um, flight was smooth. They, there was no service. They didn't. Uh, they didn't come through the aisle with the trolley or anything. They made their announcements and declared themselves available if needed. And. We, that was the last we saw of the flight attendants for mostly the whole flight. I did my own thing, kept to myself. And yeah, it was smooth. We landed on schedule in Dublin. And nothing more to say about the flight, really. Dublin Airport, just like Amsterdam, very quiet. I got outside to the pickup area. My dad, fortunately, was coming to pick me up. I got outside, looked around, and there's normally buses and taxis and cars, people everywhere, police. There's a video I have where there's one, like, airport authority car and i scanned around the whole area and that's all you see just this one car there's no people there's no movement whatsoever very eerie so my dad picked me up right at the airport and from there he drove me straight back to Clonmel, to this village that we live in it's in the county of westmeath so it's about an hour's drive from dublin airport really not too far but when you get there it's a small village maybe 500 people in like, the extended area is one main street, some housing estates, and then you're just surrounded by fields and countryside. And it's beautiful. I grew up, you know, I spent my teenage years there, should I say, and I never really appreciated it. I think that's true of most teenagers. Didn't know what I had, really. Another thing that struck me in general with the lockdown in the Netherlands was how cautious and how kind of careful I had become just before the, the regulations were implemented, I was in a, a bouldering hole at the climbing wall with a friend of mine, and we had heard whispers that there was going to be a press conference and that everything was going to be very quickly shut down. And yet still, I took that as the opportunity to get one last climb session in rather than take heed of the advice and stay home. A bit um, reckless of me, but that's the way I was. I thought, oh, this, this boulder hole is going to be closed for who knows how long. I better make the most of it now and as we were climbing I think after about half an hour one of the guys came into the hall and made this big announcement to everybody they had to close in half an hour and that would be it for the foreseeable future so I went from that of like enjoying the last of my freedoms doing something which is not very sanitary and not very isolated indoors to a few weeks later becoming so nervous just to go to the supermarket and so in infuriated by people who weren't respecting their restrictions and lockdown and social distancing, all that. I don't know what made me that way, but I stayed indoors a lot of the time because just going out to do the necessary things like uh, grocery shopping was so stressful for me. So as a result, when I got back to in the village in Ireland and seeing almost nobody around, it was fantastic. It was just such a relief. I could leave the house and I wouldn't see anybody. Now, Ireland did have its own regulations, better, better not forget that. I was required to uh, self-isolate for two weeks, for 14 days, upon arrival in the country. Everybody was at that stage, and that was exactly what I was going to do. I did fly back to Ireland, kind of towards the peak of the, the pandemic. Maybe not the peak in numbers, but things were rising, and it was probably... Um, a risky time to fly maybe but I knew I had been self-isolating for weeks already in the Netherlands and meeting nobody and I had no um, symptoms I would not have flown if I had any symptoms let's make that clear so I felt healthy and I knew I was COVID free and then regardless of whether I picked it up from somebody in the interim in the in the journey and I knew I would uh, self-isolate in Clonmelan in the house as well I was hoping I didn't get the virus. But if I did, my actions wouldn't have changed. I wasn't going to see anybody. I wasn't going to go hang out with friends or go for a shopping trip or anything like that. Not that you can in Club Melon, but I was going to stay at home to see if I had any signs, any symptoms of COVID-19. If I didn't, great. I could start to go out, go for runs, things like that, still meeting nobody. And if I had it, well, I stay in my room and um, hope I don't get it too bad. Thankfully, I didn't get it at all. So the few weeks were great. The first few weeks were great, should I say. The weather was beautiful. And thankfully, we have a back garden. That was one thing that I would really missed. My apartment here in Harlem is fine. It's in a nice location in a great town and I can afford it. But there is no balcony, there's no garden, nothing like that. So to have a back garden to sit in the sun and read and, you know, do a little workout or something was very much appreciated. And it was great to see my parents again, I'm fortunate enough enough to have a wonderful relationship. My parents are relatively young, they're very healthy, and I don't don't see them that much living abroad. So to just live with them again, rather than it being just a two or three day visit, was a wonderful thing. We went running together, went walking, cycling, we cooked so many recipes. I made vegan cheese, we made ice cream, we made different types of bread. All the uh, traditional quarantine cliche things, I guess you can say we did. And it was really active, you know, positive first few weeks. And one of the great things we did, I think a lot of families, certainly in Ireland, did this too, was a Friday night Zoom call and we had a Zoom uh, quiz. So each week, a different family in our extended, in the the, the more side, my mother's side of the family, family, took the turn to write some questions and do a quiz for everybody. And it was a lot of fun. It was a way of, you know, keeping in contact and catching up with the week's events and the family got closer i saw some extended family members and spoke to them way more than i had in years that was cool as well and that's continued right through we still do it every friday to this day I suppose i can't talk about how my lockdown situation was at home with the parents without mentioning the fact that we were drinking quite a lot too we you know we ate healthy we were running and walking and cycling doing you know productive things and trying to keep fit and trying to keep in good condition but we were also in the evenings we got Disney+, Plus. we had Netflix, Zoom quizzes, that kind of thing. And when we watched a movie, we suddenly, oh, let's, let's open a beer or a glass of wine with dinner. Nothing crazy, like it wasn't too sickening levels, but it was just so repetitive, every day would be one or two beers. And that kept up all the way through. So for all the times that we made kimchi and kombucha and nice healthy salads and runs, all the good stuff, it wasn't perfect. I don't think I'd I'd be remiss if I tried to pretend that it was an ultimate healthy cleansing uh, lockdown. The best of both worlds, I guess you can say. One of the highlights for me in lockdown came towards the end. So I went back in April, and my birthday is on the second of June. And this second of June, by the time this came around, the Ireland was already quite uh, relaxing its rules a little bit. So I have three brothers and they all live in their own places. They were in lockdown as well, all working from home and being very sensible and very diligent. So for my birthday, my 30th, they came, they drove to Westmeath, drove an hour. Everything had kind of eased up a little bit. The police weren't checking every single car anymore the way they had been a month ago. Cases were going right down and none of my family were exhibiting any sort of symptoms. So they decided to come down. I wanted to say goodbye to my 20s so I had this kind of roaring 20s style party. bit last minute plan of mine so we didn't exactly get costumes or you know fancy de- decorations but we all dressed up a little bit. My brothers, my dad and I, we suited up. I, I wore some suspenders and fancy shirt. And we, we made cocktails. We played jazz music in the background all night. My best friend Ashlyn, God bless her, I love Ashlyn, she uh, gave me this gift box with a few beers and vegan snacks and everything. And she also put two cigars in the box as well. And in recent years, I've really gone to appreciate a cigar. I think I have maybe one a year. Yeah, this was just perfect. So we were sitting there, beautiful summer evening, enjoying our drinks, cocktails, jazz music, very classy, and then smoking a cigar. Thanks to the whole family. That was really a wonderful night, probably the highlight of my my lockdown. And it wasn't even that the next morning we stayed up all night me and my brothers I went to bed at five because I saw the sun was starting to rise again but we had been sitting at the table outside in the garden for about two hours just you know getting catching up just getting to know each other again bonding it was really special my other brother Gary also celebrated his birthday two weeks later that was a fun night too and I also got to enjoy Father's Day just right before I left that was the reason I booked Flew home on the 23rd of June. Father's Day was on the 21st and so I figured the next morning, it was an early morning flight 7am, I figured the day after Father's Day probably I wouldn't be in a fit state to uh, wake up early and go to the airport and fly. So I decided to make it the 23rd instead which was a good decision. The last night before I left I spent with my best friend Ashlyn as I said because of the early morning flight, there was nothing going from Clonmelan that early and I would have had to, I don't drive, so I would have had to wake my parents up at four maybe to get me to the airport. Nobody really wanted that. So I went to Dublin the last night before um, I flew home and I stayed with my best friend, Ashlyn, as I mentioned her. She and her boyfriend have this place, this apartment, like right in the centre of Dublin. It's um, falling apart around them and they have just bought a house. So they're moving out, which is amazing. But for the last few years, it's been a great place to stay if I need to get to the airport. And thankfully, you know, I I love them to bits. I would hang out with them wherever they lived in Ireland. But it was very convenient to have a place for me to sleep the night before any early flight to the airport. One experience I had in Dublin with Ashlyn and her boyfriend Stephen was we went to get uh, pints. So in Dublin, everything is still locked down many things are still closed and what is open is open very restricted. So you can get takeaway food and drink. They're only permitting a certain number of people into a store and, you know, there's a guy at the door with a little clicker counting how many people are coming in and when one leaves, you can go back in. So a lot of that stuff was going on. But the pubs were open again for takeaway pints. A few of them were anyway. And we went to one, the Lucky Duck, I think it's called. And they had Guinness on tap um, you guys know I like I like my beers, and I really do enjoy Guinness. But I've been drinking it drinking it from cans up until then, both in the Netherlands and back in Clonmelan. And a can of Guinness is still a lovely drink. Guinness is a lovely drink, but you you can't beat getting it on tap, getting it on draft, and especially from a Dublin pub. It's just, it's the home of Guinness. It doesn't travel as well as it should. You you can't beat the real thing. So we all got a pint of Guinness in a plastic cup, but hey, you know, needs must. So we had our bikes there and we locked them up right beside the bar and we there was a picnic table outside, so we looked forward to sitting there and enjoying our, our pints. But then we're told by the guy behind the bar that you're not allowed to drink within 100 yards of the premises. I've kind of forgotten what 100 yards is, even. But we were not allowed to drink at those picnic tables. They, only if you ordered coffee or something, you know, non-alcoholic, you could sit there. Luckily, there was a park nearby. Stevens Green Park is beautiful. The, the weather on that day was really gorgeous as well. So we got our pints and we walked to the park, sat down on the grass, enjoyed the sunshine. And enjoyed a most delicious pint of freshly poured Guinness, which there are a few better things in the world. And we had a wonderful evening. We went up onto the rooftop. I saw this like sunset panoramic view of Dublin, which was really nice. We watched the Terminator, had some drinks and yeah, that was a good night. So a really like good, wholesome, fun, quiet ending to my my time in Ireland. And then it came time for me to return to the Netherlands. I was up early, 4am. I had booked a taxi for 4.30 to bring me to the airport. The uh, the streets were empty. Of course, the taxi driver was lovely. Um, airport again, almost completely empty as well. There were a lot, there were some Americans, so I assume there was, I think there was a flight to JFK or maybe Chicago or both. Uh, but otherwise, nobody to be seen, which was very nice. And again, no real restrictions. Nothing aside from an empty airport. You might think it's just a normal flight. Of course there were hand sanitizing stations everywhere and there were like markings on the ground to show you how to keep your distance and where to stand. When I checked in my bag the uh, check-in agent gave me this form. She asked me where I'm flying to. I said Amsterdam and she gave me this um two-page document thing from the Dutch government explaining the regulations and what I would have to do on arrival, okay? Got my boarding pass, went through security. All very straightforward. There was nothing open on the other side, so the none of the duty-free, none of the cafes, restaurants. A coffee would have been nice, as I think I only got about three hours sleep, and I was feeling a bit like a zombie. But nothing was open, and for good reason, so I just um, had a few snacks myself and some water. So I enjoyed that while I was waiting, and I probably saw about ten people passing through. I was sitting on a bench in one of the main like concourses in the terminal building and i think in the hour that i was sitting there waiting for my flight to start boarding i saw yeah maybe 10 people very strange dublin airport's really nice or at least terminal 2 especially that's the newest terminal so it's um the the there's a huge glass wall where you can look out it gives you a beautiful view of the um, tarmac of the where the planes are or some of them and then in the background you can see the city of dublin and then further behind that you see the mountains the sun had risen at this point. You know, it's middle, the middle of the summer, so uh, it was bright very early in the morning. And it was a really nice view. Just a, It's always a nice way for me to say goodbye to Dublin when I can see almost all of it from my seat in the airport. The The only time I saw more people was at the gate. There, for some reason, they had two or three gates uh, in use at the same time, boarding a few different flights. In my mind, it would have made more sense to spread them out a little bit but they didn't um, and boarding was done in rows so i had r- my seat was 6c 6 charlie so uh, they boarded rows 1 to 10 first and then 10 to 20 22 whatever the final one was which made sense i got on quite early sat down in my seat thankfully the whole row was empty at this time i had 6c which is the aisle seat but i put my bag on that and moved into A because everybody had to walk down the aisle and I didn't want to be too close to anyone. Again, by this stage, I had a proper mask, a a reusable one that had been washed and ready to go. So I put that on in the airport, I believe. Yeah, I had it on anytime I had to be interacting with people in the airport and it was mandatory on the flight. So I wore that at the boarding gate. They were asking, checking if everybody had their masks. There were a couple of people who didn't and were were given one, a disposable one, at the boarding gate. That was nice. Come to think of it, they checked um, the passport twice as well at the gate. So when you board a flight, you have the agent, the gate agent, checking your boarding card and your passport. And I did that. And she said, OK, thank you. Have a good flight. I took a step forward. There was like a security or police immigration officer, whatever you call him. And he asked to see the passport again. Okay, I showed it, and that was it. I'm not sure why, but extra restrictions at the moment. But yeah, I was sitting on the plane. I moved into the window seat to avoid the aisle while people came on, and I think I had that feeling that everybody does when you're watching everyone boarding and thinking, please don't sit beside me, please don't sit beside me. Except in this case, it wasn't just to have a nice, peaceful, spacious route flight. It was, you know, I don't want to be sitting next to anybody. And thankfully, the plane was about half full, maybe, so there was no one sitting near me. I was thinking even if there was, I would have asked them to move anyway, but it never came to that, thankfully. Again, the flight went smooth. The the weather was good en route. Um, The the staff were very friendly, but they kept their distance. You know, they made all the announcements they had to, and then we didn't see them for the whole flight. Yeah, it was very smooth. It was quite appropriate. I, I have a video of me taking off from Dublin, and it's in the rain, of course. Um, the weather was pretty good all round, but rain did, it was raining on the morning we left and that was a nice reminder because when I arrived in Amsterdam it was just beautifully sunny. So that may, makes it even better when, you, because normally when you're on a holiday, certainly as an Irish person, you, take, you leave from Spain or Portugal or Italy, wherever you've been holidaying, with your tan and your shorts and t-shirt and it's beautiful and you're sad that the holiday's over, especially when you land in Dublin airport and it's cold and raining. So I had it the opposite way this time, which was nice. I was wondering how it would be in Amsterdam on arrival. I had read some things about a month previously that I had read that the immigration officers, the people at passport control, required some sort of proof that you live in the Netherlands, some paperwork with your address, your Dutch address on it, or your your BSN number, your personal number here, all these different sorts of things. And I thought, oh, I hope it doesn't. Uh, I hope I don't have any trouble trying to get through because I live here it's my home I can speak Dutch if I have to um but no there was nothing the airport was very quiet a lot more people were wearing masks on this side still many incorrectly you have to cover the nose not just the mouth you know that's that's a bit annoying to see but I there was one guy in front of me in the line of passport control and um the, the, the woman, the officer, took my passport. She asked me, how was my flight? I said, yeah, it was fine. And that was it. She said, thank you, and wished me a nice day. There were no questions. There were no regulations. On the flight, they'd given me this form to fill out, declaring my health, and that, do I have symptoms, do I this. I had to tick a few boxes, sign it, and date it. And I had that with my, in my other hand, ready to present with my passport, but she never asked for it. It was, a, again, another situation where you would, if you didn't know about the pandemic, you would think it's a normal day, except just much quieter. Then I got my bag quite quickly off the baggage belt, headed for the bus to go home. Home. I, I just left home and I was going home. Home is a weird word for me, but I was returning to my apartment in Harlem by bus. I had heard that one of the regulations in the Netherlands is verplicht, which is face masks are necessary, mandatory. I had my mask on, following the rules, and everyone else did too. You would see, even teenagers, everybody at the bus stop. They wouldn't be wearing anything, but the moment the bus would come up, they'd put on the mask and get on the bus. The The Netherlands was very clearly a few weeks ahead of Ireland in terms of easing out of lockdown. There were just more people out and about. The bus was busier. They still had signs saying, you know, keep your distance 1.5 metres over here, and the... Driver's cabin area was blocked off, you couldn't board from, from the front door. So there were some clearly you could see they, they hadn't it wasn't back to normal, whatever that might mean these days. But the streets were just much busier, schools are open. There's a lot more open here in the Netherlands than there there is in Ireland. And yeah, I got home, I was exhausted, I think just I'm not sure, maybe the, the culmination of my time in Ireland coming to a close. The last few days that I spent in Clomel and me and my parents, we were all just a bit drained, though that was probably due to both my birthday, my brother's birthday and Father's Day celebrations, as much as just my time coming to an end there. And then just the last night, the last night I didn't get much sleep and I had an early morning flight so that made me tired too. I dragged my suitcase up the stairs, didn't bother with any unpacking left it there, took out anything useful, necessary, whatever, and just lazed around all day. I really felt jet-lagged, as if I'd had a 10-hour time difference flight, but no, just an early morning and one-hour time difference. I took a nap that lasted about three hours, thinking I wouldn't sleep that night as a result, but then I did, slept that night just as well anyway. And that brings my uh, yeah my storytelling to an end, I guess. So in the grand scheme of things, COVID-19 episode, if you want to call it that, in our history has been a terrible one. So many people have died, far too many, and it's still continuing in certain parts of the world. Looking at you, America and Trump. And it's been an economic disaster, especially for the aviation industry, many job losses, and really just horrible for so many people. So I do want to make that clear. But I feel so grateful that I had this time. Fortunate, first of all, that I have a job that was paying me through the lockdown, even though I wasn't flying. And then the fact that I was able to return to my parents who have a big house in the countryside where it's easy to isolate. I was lucky, long story short, with with lockdown and um, everything that happened. And I really enjoyed my time. It was so good to slow down. The world gets so busy and noisy and fast paced these days. That for it to stop for just a few weeks or months, and because of horrible consequences, don't get me wrong, but for it to stop for a few for a short time was just needed, I think. And I'm hoping that now things are starting to creep back to some sort of normal life. I hope that we've take, taken some lessons from it. But hey, until then, you know what it's like now. Just stay safe, keep your distance, wash your hands... Wear a mask if you're outside, especially if you're in, indoors, in public spaces, in pharmacies, supermarkets. It's the least you can do because you might have the disease and you might give it to someone and they might die. It's really that simple. I don't want to end on such a bummer note, but now that I've been back in the Netherlands for a couple of days, I see a lot of people not wearing masks in stores and not following guidelines and the guys, this thing is not completely over, but anyway... In neither as the Dutch say, regardless. I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to get in touch with me, stevenrunsvegan on Instagram, stevenrunsvegan at gmail.com. If it is possible on whatever podcast app or however you listen to this, if you can like it, review it, subscribe, something like that in some way, that would be wonderful. And feel free to share the podcast if you know someone who likes running veganism, all the things that I talk about, or someone who wants to get into that sort of world share this with them i'd be you would have my gratitude that's for sure all right guys thank you very much for this week i'm going to love you and leave you stay safe take care bye bye